0: Those are the stories we uh, have from Wolves Fancast. Um, on this series, what we do, we invite someone on each uh, episode really to talk through the highs and the lows of, of supporting walls and talk about their first memories, um, first ever time they uh, they followed the walls. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by uh, by Joe, the um, Walls correspondent to the Express and Star. Um, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Mate. Not too bad. Um, always happy to to be talking walls, So. Uh...
1: Yeah, let's let's crack on, mate. It's good, good,
0: good to be <laughs> on air. Brilliant. No, I mean, at the time of recording, I, I read sort of an article from you, yourself, so I'm conscious that that may, you know, it's a moving picture. But uh, as we're talking now, um, I think it's it, the uh, coronavirus tests have gone out, um, it doesn't appear at this stage that any Walls players are affected.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so the the understanding is that Walls have been given the all clear. Uh, they wanted to train in, obviously, in small groups, groups of five at Compton, and they can do that now. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's, we're talking about it a few months back. It'd be crazy to think, you know, just shooting practice and a bit of passing drills would be so uh, so exciting. But uh, that's that's kind of the, the world we live in now. And, uh, yeah, these lads can actually pass the ball to each other and edit to each other, whatever you want. And uh, fingers crossed we're on the right path now.
0: Brilliant. I mean, this is the thing and I was thinking just before we came on. I think for for someone like yourself who's who's followed Wolves um, this year, either from a fan or on a professional level, the amount of games that we've had, I mean, it's been sort of non-stop. So it just seems crazy from a Wolves perspective, all of a sudden to go, oh, okay, we're on pause. And at first I thought, actually, this might be useful because if any team needs a break, it's Wolves. But then the longer it goes on, you don't want to lose that momentum as well.
1: Yeah, I think I think I think that's it. I, I remember I was see John Richards. I think I spoke to him the other week. Obviously, you know, massive club legend, and he he was saying, um, you know, the way Wolves were going, that he reckoned they would have won the Europa and they would have they would have got at least sixth. So, I mean, there's there's nothing stopping them from doing it once football restarts, but getting that momentum back will be a bit of a challenge, and and. You know, I know Nuno says it a lot, but he, he says it for a reason. He's a, he always points out the 12th man and the importance of the fans. And I think, you know, you look at Wolves, obviously they're a talented bunch can play in any environment, really. But I think Molyneux has been a big factor in, in Wolves' success over the past few years. You now, I, I don't think you'll find many grounds, if, if any, that are louder in the Premier League. So adjusting to that, whether it's going to be neutral venues or whether they are allowed to play at Molineux, not having that safe bank and stuff behind them might take maybe a week or two to get adjusted to.
0: I think this is it. So I think we're all waiting to see, as I say, sort of when um, football resumes and, as you say, in in sort of what capacity and what the different dynamic will be. But before lockdown 2020 came along, if we start where we always do, really, at at the beginning. So um, for yourself, Joe, I'm interested... Um, what's your first memories as as a Wolves fan? Either going to the game or, or the first time um you got a Wolves kick? What what's sort of your first Wolves memories for yourself as a fan? Uh pretty random actually.
1: Mm. Um yeah. It wasn't like a monumental game or anything like that. Um grew up in kind of a family of Wolves fans. Um and as a kid, kind of just randomly gravitated towards players, like when I was about four or five, and this is going back. But, like, for example, I really liked Robbie Fowler because he wore the tape on his nose. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, don't know why <laughs> but it just, like, made him stand out. So I, I remember really liking Ronnie Johnson as well, just because yeah. I thought he had a, a, a nice name. Um, <laughs> but just like things like that. So in, in, in my early years, I didn't really... You know, I didn't kind of grav- gravitate towards straight away, if you like. It was, it was more, I don't know, towards players. I used to gravitate towards players. To look, really like Michael Owen and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but then it was, I think it was August of 2002. It was um, pre-season friendly. It might have been July, but it, that summer of 2002, yeah. the, the pre-season friendly against Newcastle um, mm. was, my, was my first game. Um, I just remember just being kind of taken aback by the kind of it was obviously a, the sun the sun was out and and everything like that just being taken aback by you know the, all all the gold all around you it was just like like nothing you'd really ever seen before obviously you know you see Liverpool and Man United in the red and, and Chelsea in the blue and stuff like that but it, it, Wolves was completely unique in that respect You the know, gold and black. And that, I mean, I, I guess you could, could uh, count Hall, but I mean, that's, that's besides the point. <laughs> um, you know, I just remember being taken aback by that and, and, and seeing that game. I think Shearer was playing for, for Newcastle that day. Loire um, Loire got both goals for Newcastle. Mm. Um, it was 2-0, I think he finished. And he, he, did, his, uh, he did his cartwheel, uh, handstand, backflip, yeah. celebration, whatever it was. And um, from that point, really, I was I was hooked. Um, I, I remember getting the we we, we top not long after that. Um, it, I mean, a, an unimaginative Joe nine on the back,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and that was the uh, the the rate I was top. That was I mean, yeah. Admiral. Re- I mean, I think that one gets a bit of a bad rap. I don't know. Maybe because it's a bit more special to me because it was my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah that those are kind of early memories and then from that point really um, was hooked and uh, you know
0: supported the club and now of course covering the club uh, ever since It's brilliant and I think what you, you say there um, Joe it ties in with I think a lot of people's memories of the club and I know everybody's club is their own club and we are obviously biased you know yourself as a fan and, and working for, as a correspondent as well um, but, you know, what you mentioned the ground and how it looks. It's iconic, isn't it? You know, it is It is one of those stadiums where it's not sort of a, a model stadium which could be replicated by a number of, of teams. And there's something about the ground, perhaps where it's situated, you know, in the city centre, that I feel that there is, there is a feel to it. And it's an undeniable buzz. And sometimes it's not what's on the pitch. It's that first experience of going to the game, seeing the stands, seeing the seats and going... And I think Wolves have worked on that—that that identity, as you know, and you know, in terms of the the pack—and it's it's unmistakable, isn't it, Molyneux? Uh... Yeah, it is. I, I don't know. I
1: can't exactly put my finger on the pulse as to what it is. I, I, I mean, if you, someone asked me to describe it, I think I might struggle. Mm. And I mean, and I, I I'm a journalist. And I'm supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be good, re- good re- words, but it, it, I don't know. I don't, if somebody told me to say what makes Molyneux so special, I think I'd struggle to sum it up succinctly. Um, it's just got an aura and, a, and, a, and an atmosphere that I just haven't really ever seen anywhere else. I mean, as you say, you, you get all these kind of renter kit grounds, um, you know, St. Mary's, I mean, you, you know, the, the king power, you know, you're just changing red seats for blue seats, aren't you? Really? Um, they're all just kind of a bowl shape, and they, you know they're, they're nice for what they are, but they they are very they are very similar to each other. There's not really anything that makes them stand out. And, and the wolves, it's always had that always had that as you say, you, unique feel. Um, I mean, like even even little things now, like having the temporary corner. I mean, I know it's I know it's a, a, a temporary thing, which has ended up lasting about ten years anyway, mm. but <laughs> it's. Other grounds don't really have that. Um, the big screens and how they weren't working for a lot of years, but stuff like that as well. And and obviously the the big, the big, uh, the big North Bank there, I mean, which is massive and obviously stands out from from wherever you are in the city. Right, um, it's just there's just little things that kind of all add up to make, Molyneux as you say,
0: a, a really unique and, and special place. Absolutely. And in, in terms of being unique and special, what what games would you say stand out for you at Molineux? Either, um, you know, uh, when you first started going or, or perhaps, um, you know, in, in recent years, I know obviously the team is, for many of our generations, you know, arguably the best we, we've seen. We, we know about the 50s and the 70s and perhaps weren't fortunate to see that. Um, what was sort of, I guess, your, your highest moment as, as a Wolves fan? What was the moment when you thought, God, it doesn't get any better than this.
1: I think this might be a bit of an obvious answer, but mm. the United game in the cup uh, last season—it's just I, I don't know. I, I, it's different emotions. Emotions, I think. Um, you know, you do when you when you're a journalist. Obviously, you still you're still a fan, but you do kind of have to separate separate the two a, a little bit, and it is a different feeling. Um, but just seeing seeing Wolves. But, you know, beat man united and beat them handedly really, and completely deservedly. that atmosphere as well was something I'd never really experienced at Molyneux before. I thought you know you're, talk, you're talking some of the some of the performances we'd already seen under there and that we knew we knew wars were on to something, but I think that was the game where you look back at it and you think, right, Wolves have arrived now. They're back in the big time. They're, they mean business. They're not just here to make up the numbers. They're, they're, it, even though it wasn't in the league and it wasn't you know, to cement a, a, a finish, even though it weren't a final and, and we obviously know what happened in the semi-final, um, I think that quarterfinal will always be looked back upon as having major significance in terms of Wolves rubber stamping themselves as a proper top-flight team and um, just being there to witness it. Um, was was really special, really special. So some of the other games, um, that Rob Room six was, four, I was there yeah. for that. <laughs> um, I was in, I was in the, um, I was in the the north, the north bank, and in that kind of um corner bit, you know, that bit where the kind of sometimes t- the, the, the quadrant,
0: it, yeah,
1: sometimes section it off because you can't see properly over the top of the Steve ball.
0: Yeah, 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 and we. Well,
1: by that, um, I think there was a full house that day, and I think they may well have just opened them Um But that Sam Ricketts goal was—it <laughs> was was—it was, was just kamikaze, wasn't it? It was just one end yeah. you score, we score, you score, we score. And that that season actually was um, was was one of my favourites um, as a fan. You know, it's just exclusively as a fan, if you like. Um, because at the time I was how old would i have been at the time, probably probably about 16, 17, something like that. And um, you know that, that that's when I probably well, I was a bit younger actually, probably about fourteen. But it was going to games, you know, quite a lot then. Um, a lot of the kind of evening games as well. I mean, tickets were were cheaper as well. I mean, I you know it it's it's little things like that, but you. Of course when the, when we were in the Premier League and stuff like that under under McCarthy you'd struggle to get a seat or you'd have to sit in the in that temporary stand if you wanted to just go on the day. But when you when we're in League One, you could if you wanted to go to a game, you could go to a game really. And um Crawley game that season, that was a good game. Um, but and, and just the, the novelty and the kind of perhaps the uh, reality check of no disrespect but seeing teams like Stevenage come to uh, come to Molyneux with Francois Aoko playing up front. <laughs> it was just a, it was such a far cry from anything else that I'd I'd seen at Molyneux that I don't know it, it, you strangely appreciated it and um I think that season and you know obviously Kenny Jackett as well, um you know we I, I, of course Nuno was taking the club to 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 Giddy Heights that a lot, a lot of us have never seen before, but um, I think any Kenny or also deserves that credit for, for getting Wolves back on back on the right path because, as we've seen with we so many other clubs, you get relegate, relegated to League One and, and things can quickly go to pot. So, um, that was a good season, that was, and it it, it helped same wins pretty much every week.
0: I think that's the thing, and I I, I was chatting to, um, to to Paul Berry when he did his, and he sing, sing, um signalled out even the, um, the the league one season, because I think for the reasons you mentioned that it was probably a little bit of a novelty because um, I guess fans had been accustomed to, you know, the ups and downs and kind of hanging on really, let's be honest in the, in the premiership. And then we had the, the double dip and then it kind of felt a point where it was like, okay, let's, you know, um, move on this bit of a bookmark moment. Let's, you know, wipe the slate and let's start again. And I think it was such a pivotal season because God forbid if we didn't get up that year, you know as we've seen with other clubs in, you know of similar size to us, you could really struggle, but the fact that I guess the fans brought into it, and I think your point about Kenny Jackie, I certainly felt that he was just such the right fit because he brought into what we needed at that time, and I think, yeah, I think as much as it's great now, you know we've had ups and downs and and perhaps in a moment we'll we'll look at things when they weren't so good. But I think that league one season, you're right, I think in future with However good this team goes on and, and if it even goes higher than it is right now, um, we're going to look back and say that was, I wouldn't say the start because it's a different regime, as you say, but it kind of real got the feel-good factor at the right time, which I think we needed, as you say. Uh,
1: yeah, it, it, it was just, I think, obviously, the benefit of hindsight, you, you look at things perhaps a, a bit more than than you would, but... It really is. I mean, you know, at the time the feel good factor was back, um, you know, and you had you had kind of honest players playing playing for the team as well. You know, a lot of kind of you know academy lads had kind of made that move through. Of course, Danny Bath was one of them, and Jack Price, and I mean, I know they've moved on to other pastures since, but the likes of Lee Evans and things like that. It was a, it was a young group that you kind of could easily get behind because you know that they were honest kind of hard-working young players with with, with talent to boo. Um th- those years, yeah, were, were, were really good. I mean, you know, you were, had the flair of Sacco, you had the you know, you had you had Dico who could who could score the goals. It was a really good team. It was a really good team and, and I remember having a conversation with one of my mates actually before that season started. It was when I think it was on the day relegation was confirmed under um under Saunders, which obviously been that was was a bit of a car crash. Um, I remember saying to him, "The way we're going, I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll take top half next season. I'll take top mm. half, in just just so we can consolidate. Kind of, you know, the <laughs> God forbid a third relegation. I mean, I, I know it probably would have been unrealistic, even in even in even given what had happened. But it was just in that mindset and. Just when you get used to losing games, I, I think it just rubs, on, rubs off on players. I think it goes through the whole club if you're a fan, you get kind of used to lo- to losing stuff like that. So the scale of the job that, that Kenny and the Nas lads did was was truly incredible, really?
0: No, it was it was and I, and I think you're right. it will rightly take its place you know in sort of the history and the you know when it's chronicled in terms of um, you know the landscape of wars because it was such a, a key season. Um, I'll let you answer this but I may know the answer to that, this because it may have been perhaps a, a season or two before what about your, your sort of your lowest moment as a, as a Wolves fan what, what what would you signal that was there a particular moment when you thought why am I doing this <laughs> yeah um,
1: it, that was um, that, that kind of last season in the Premier League I mean I know the, the, the champ, I know the championship was bad um, under Saunders but as bad as it is, I think we just got used to it at that point. I mean, I know, I know we all kind of held on how that, that that we would get out of it, but I think we just got used to it. And almost towards the end, it was just an acceptance of what was to come right. Let, let's get this season just finished now. We need a new regime in place and hopefully next season will be better, which which it was. It's just that that end of that um, Premier League season um, when they got rid of Mick and... In, again, hindsight's a great thing, but, and it was obviously a, a, a very low point losing losing that much to, to the Albion. But you either keep Mick or get someone, get someone you know of 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 mm-hmm. real kind of Premier League ilk in to 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 make to have a proper proper fist of it, and um, just those those last ten or so games in the Premier League where. Of course, Terry Connor, I mean, he, he felt sorry for him, really. I mean, it weren't, weren't his faults, um, but he was just kind of lo- losing every week and knowing what was coming and not really being able to do anything about it. And it was, um, I think that, that was kind of a loud point because even though those Premier League years weren't anything as to what they are now, you know, there were still some very good results, weren't there, over, over, those, over those few years, you know, beating Man United at, at New. Um, and there were some good players, Stevie Fletcher and you know, Kevin Doyle, and obviously, you know, the likes of Jarvis and Keitley, who uh, you know went on to get snapped up by Sunderland and West Ham, which which just kind of shows the difference in the club now. I mean, you know, our players wouldn't get pouched by teams, teams of that calibre anymore, but um, yeah, it was just knowing that. We're going into every game for those last several weeks of the season, just thinking: right, how many are we losing today? It wasn't. Are we going to win? It was like, if we can keep it to one or two now, keep it respectable, then then that'll be that'll probably be some sort of achievement. So, yeah, I think those are the I think those are the lowest times. I mean, the hodl era as well um, <laughs> wasn't great. Um, I never really I never actually had a season ticket when I when it was when I was. And I was young because I used to play football myself um, on on Saturdays. Um, and I, I I used to fancy myself as a decent footballer. I don't know, I don't know if I was. <laughs> I probably wasn't. Um, but I used to kind of play on Saturdays and stuff like that. And um, so I didn't, I, I couldn't really get to because I was kind of travelling. It was in one of them like West Midlands regional leagues. So some Saturdays you'd be going to say Burton. Or derby or something to play again, and then getting back for the game would be a bit of a stretch. So I could only do one in. I could only do kind of one in two, really. So um, I remember, remember, kind of going to the games, at the era and um, my my dad and my brother who had a season ticket at the time both cancelled their season tickets, which I think a lot of people yeah. did during that era. I think that was quite a common thing. Um, yeah, that, that those weren't great times either. I mean, that you know, it was just one one draw, wasn't it? <laughs> week after week. Um, so getting used to losing that's that's now fun, and draws really on on all that fun in the in the in the in the, in the grand scheme of things. So, I'd probably say, yeah, i would probably say that last Premier League season now, just losing every week and knowing what was coming,
0: yeah. And I, and I think this is it. And I think it was a, it was just such a confusing time because. As you say, you know, we we invested and, and we thought we'd push on. But I remember at the time there were teams like Swansea, for example, who seemed to just be getting better than us. And I was like, well, we're not really going anywhere. And then, yeah, the, the hoddle here is, is is a different feeling because we weren't probably in danger of, of going down necessarily, but we weren't in danger of going up. It, it kind of, for me yeah. at that point, it was, it was more about the, the, the football and the containment and it's the kind of, if It's really bad, then it's one thing, but when it's just kind of like, God, this is tough going, then that in itself it's the apathy, isn't it? I think, which is which is tough. Um, but I guess, sort of, on, on, on a lighter note, sort of, if we look at, at players, um, what sort of your, have been your favorite players since sort of uh, your first time to Molyneux to, to present day? The first
1: one that really caught my imagination was Kenny
0: Miller. Um, I mm.
1: As I say, I fancy myself as a footballer growing up. And I, I was a striker, even though uh, every time people saw me, it was like, oh, well, you, you're six foot for a 12-year-old. You should be uh, you should be a centre-half. I was <laughs> like, no, 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 I'm a striker. And it's like, until I lost all my pace at 15 and then became absolutely useless. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, it was strikers that I kind of always like, looked towards because you'd, it might sound silly, but you'd be, be looking at them and try and kind of mimic stuff that they did. Um I just remember Miller just being like he weren't say lightning quick over say like thirty yards or something like that, but he just had that burst. Mm. And he he used to just work his socks off as well. He was just like a kind of a you know, a proper striker. That that like goal against um it was against Bang United, wasn't it in that um in that Premier League year as well, where he kind of like put, I think he puts it through West Brown's legs and then just yeah. like, did he Potty. slip, I think. The, the West Browns slip or the defenders yeah. sleep. Yeah, I don't know. Well, some yeah. I mean, he, he took it really well, and that was kind of like a goal that that summed him up. Um, so Miller in now's kind of Jones hodl years, it would be Miller, and then going into kind of like McCarthy, it would have been um, would have been Sylvan Sylvan Banks Blake and. I just remember him being signed. I remember seeing it on like Sky Sports and we'd signed him for a million quid or whatever it was. And um, I was thinking, we hmm, signing somebody from Plymouth. I know he scored a, a, a few goals, but never really, mm-hmm. never really, never really heard of him. And just thought, mm, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to think of this. But then as soon as I saw him play, I thought, yeah, he's 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 going to be something. Um, I just think that Charlton goal. Which for me might still be my favourite Wolves goal. Mm. I mean, I know, I know the, ne- the Neves goal was was amazing against Derby, and it's probably it, it's very little to split them, but um, just the way he puts Paddy McCarthy on his arse and then smacks it into to the top corner is, is it's just unbelievable. And it, it kind of encapsulated everything that Sylvan was. As a striker, you know, get kind of back back into the defender. Use his, you mm-hmm. know, use his brain to, you know, to, to barge him off. Just a bit of a sharp turn to create that space, and then just absolutely lever it into the top corner. So, um, he, he, you know, it's always been kind of the strikers that 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 I've really kind of gravitated towards. J- Jotter's my favourite, I'd say, now and probably my favourite ever, um, just because the way he runs at players and takes risks and. He's the one really that, that gets that gets me excited anyway. Um, you know, Traore, of course, runs past players, but Jota runs through him. It's like, you know, it's, it's like skiing, like slaloming through defences, isn't it? It's,
0: yeah. It's,
1: it's great to see. Um, I mean, Raul, he's, you know, Jimenez, is obviously a delight to watch as well because he's got so much to his game for a number nine. You, you've pretty much got all the characteristics you'd want. From a striker, but um, Jota, even when he's even when he's off form and he's trying too hard and things aren't coming off for him, you kind of know, you go you go on a bit of a journey with him. He, he, when he when he's when he's in those blips, you're just waiting for him to, to to get back to his best, and when he does, it's all the more satisfying. So um, I'd say Jota, Jota, yeah, he's um, my all time favourite, really.
0: Do you know what? I mean, it, you, you're right. Just and, and I think that's the thing with Josh, That's that's kind of how I feel. And I think you reference there, he may have a, invariably has a sort of a slow start, doesn't he, to a season. And then, as you say, when it, when he's kind of a bit out of your form, you're like, can't write this 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 lad off because yeah. it's that sort of, as you brilliantly describe it, his swall and sort of, you know, he's coming down the ski slopes and people <laughs> and defenders are going left and right and trying to avoid yeah. him. You know, he's unplayable. He's got that Sort of centre of gravity and the way he plays is is an absolute joy. So, so that's that's the present day. It's been brilliant. Um, really going through sort of you know the your memory memory lane as it as it is in terms of and we hope you know um yeah football obviously restarts when it's safe to do so. Um, the the final thing I've I've asked a, a few of the people on this and I think it's really good to get yourself on for this for your perspective working for the Express and Star. How much do you kind of find that the, the city has such a huge part to play with the football club and vice versa? You know, we the club talks about sort of the one-pack mentality, but I think it's been so heartening where football's not been on and, football, you know, there's no been games, that the club still feels very much a part of the city. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Um, speaking
1: to Carl Henry not long back about it, and uh, obviously he'd set up this um, former players fund for the for the NHS and they raised, you know, 50, 50 grand, which is, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, a, a load of kind of former players getting in touch, whether they were superstars at walls or whether they were quite frankly, rubbish for walls, you know, that they, mm. they, 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 they got in touch, they got in, got on board and, and did their bits of help. And I think he said it himself. I know he's an ambassador for the foundation. And he, and he perhaps might have to say it a bit, but I think it does, does ring true is that, he says it's not like any other club he's been at, you know, that, that kind of, you know, wolves is ingrained in the community and vice versa. And, um, I think being a one club kind of city, you know, it makes it special. I mean, obviously, you know, if you, if you're from Manchester, you've got a couple, a couple of options or you've got, you know, the lesser options if you end up supporting Oldham or something like that. I don't know. But, um, you know, if you're from London, you've got a, you know, you've got countless options and whatever. But if you're from if you're from Wolverhampton, invariably you you support Wolves. You get a few, you know, glory hunters or whatever supporting Man United or well, not so much these days. But um, in usually, I'd say ninety 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 five percent of people from Wolverhampton are, are Wolves fans or at least have some sort of you know Wolves allegiance in their family. So. Um, it it is really special and you know during this like kind of you know this pandemic and things like that it's still it's still kind of the heartbeat of as the community you know people you know united talking about wolves and just wanting wanting you know some news on when it's back and that's why i kind of really take a lot of pride in what i do at the moment because you know it's it, it Wolves is my passion just as much as it's you know it, uh, you know it's 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 everyone else's you know and I know it, you don't have to be a fan to be uh, a good club journalist that's not that's not you know a you know a requisite of it at all you know you could you could be you could be an Albion fan and be a, a brilliant correspondent for Wolves you know that's just the nature, the nature of the job but you know, having grown up a Wolves fan I, I, I do try my best to to kind of represent. You know those values, and and you know make sure people are informed. And so, um, but kind of going back to the the um, the kind of united, you know, city and things like that. It, it does ring true. It's not it's not just a saying. It's not just, you know the strength of the wolf is in the pack and stuff like that. It is a catchy it is a catchy um, motto if you like. But it does ring true, and especially over these last few years under nearby, Um, you know, people who would. It lost interest, who would become a bit disenfranchised, or just for whatever reason had kind of, you know, not been following the club as much. It's the talk of the town now. It's it's on a, it's on everybody's lips. You know, it, you know, me and my brother all have big conversations about Wolves over the phone. You know, it, it, even though we've got other stuff to talk about, Wolves tends to dominate the conversation. It's just, um, it's it, it is special, and I, I think obviously other fans will tell you differently and i think you know every every fan has a different affinity and a special affinity to their particular club but i do think wars is is special and i think i think a lot of people even you know that, that aren't wars fans do recognise that you know it's, it it is a club that is definitely unique and obviously you know a, a rich history um it's had its trials and tribulations, as as we all know, and um, but now it's on the rise again, and it's it's becoming a big player. So um, yeah, it's it, and it's you know it, it's it's a, it's a joy to 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 be following them and and covering them, you know, as I as I look as I'm so so lucky to do.
0: Brilliant, and and I think that's the thing. It's it's I kind of feel it when you go out and about, don't you? And as you say, you must do it, you know being immersed in in the city and. And through for, for your profession as well. And, you know, I went on a run the other day and I, I've got my walls kit on and someone will sort of from a distance have a chat with you and stuff. And you can feel it, you know, people want it and, and kind of and are ready for it to come back. So, um as I say, you know, at time of recording and I suspect when this does go out, football is is on pause and we'll get in obviously to the position there. Hopefully we'll have some on field action as as Joe mentioned earlier, in what capacity we'll we'll wait and see. But If you want to stay informed, obviously we're doing our best on on the Wolves fan cast to bring as much content to you during this time. Um, If you follow Joe as well, Joe Edwards on Twitter, I think it's Joe Edwards underscore star. Correct.
1: Um,
0: So if you follow Joe as well, he's keeping us up to date with um, the moving story, really, in terms of how um, COVID-19 is affecting football and, and developments with Wolves on and off the pitch. So follow Joe there as well. And obviously we've both got our respective podcasts as well. And if you like us and you, you love the club, then, you know, it's, it's an op- optimum moment right now to kind of get your fill. And we hope we're giving you something to listen to during these times. So, um, finally, thank you to Joe. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, pleasure, mate. Really,
1: really enjoyed this. I mean, as I say, it's always nice to be talking about Wolves and uh, good to have a
0: chat, mate. Brilliant. So, uh, from both of us, until uh, we speak to you uh, next time, uh, stay safe and stay well.